Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. On September 9th, 1965, Navy Vice Admiral James Stockdale's A-4 Skyhawk was shot down over a small village in Vietnam. After ejecting from his cockpit, he landed with broken bones in a small village where he was then captured. Identified as a high-ranking member of our military and brought to a war camp in Hanoi as a prisoner of war. While he was there, he refused to cooperate, and because of that, faced some pretty incredible circumstances. For eight years, he was held as a prisoner. Two of those years, he was held in heavy leg irons, and four of those years, he was kept in absolute isolation. And during that time, he has recounted 20 separate instances of his being tortured. I guess what I'm saying is he suffered immensely. A few years ago, an author named Jim Collins, who wrote the book Good to Great, if you're in the business world, you may be familiar with him. But he had an opportunity to interview Admiral Stockdale, noting that his story seemed depressing to him, and he found himself being overwhelmed by emotion, reading about it years later, even though he knew that the story had a positive ending. So he asked Admiral Stockdale, how did you deal with it? And his response was really beautiful. I never lost faith in the end of the story, he says. I never doubted, not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, he said, I would not trade. Wow, I just think that's incredible. And so Jim Collins, after a period of silence, turned to him and asked, sort of hesitantly, who didn't make it out? And apparently, Stockdale responded pretty quickly to say the optimists. They were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and Christmas would go. And then they'd say, we'll be out by Easter. And then Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And he says they died of a broken heart. The way of living that he had to hold faith and reality together has been called the Stockdale Paradox, the ability to hold two opposing but equally true things at once. You must have faith that you will prevail in the end, and you must confront the brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. And what Stockdale said to Collins specifically was this, this is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. Faith and reality, two essential pieces in navigating difficult circumstances that we face. Faith that things will get better than they are now, 
and clear eyes to acknowledge the truth of our particular circumstance. There's a lot here to learn related to our current cultural moment. We've talked a lot about COVID these last 17 months, and we've all cycled through optimism, pessimism, faithfulness, existential angst. Sometimes I even feel like I slide through every one of those things every single day. So hearing this reminder, that reality and faith need to be held together is really helpful for me. Even more than that, it reminds me of the importance of lament in our walk of faith. Now, there was and is this weird belief about churchy people that being faithful means never being sad or never complaining. So I remember in seminary, various professors emphasizing the use of lament and prayer as a perfectly valid and thoughtful way to pray. They emphasized the book of Lamentations. They emphasized all of David's songs in the Arsalter that, that lament and cry out to God. And based on what I've heard from our current students who are in seminary, that is still the case. Lament is essential to our faith, speaking honestly about our experience of the world in the best of circumstances and the worst of circumstances is so, 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 so important. But prayer life and religious life have to exist within this balance of reality and faith. Otherwise, we start crafting our own exaggerated stories about the world or diminishing aspects, aspects of reality to fit into our particular narrative that our mind has settled into. And then suddenly we're no longer experiencing reality. We're diminishing reality to fit our story. And then because of that twist and reality, our faith becomes twisted to meet a narrative that our mind has painted for us. This is the problem that Jesus faced with the religious insiders in Capernaum. Jesus shows up. He just performed a miracle. He fed 5,000 people, and then he walked on top of the water to cross this sea. The crowds of people seeking sustenance, belonging, and meaning were following after Jesus, trying to absorb his teachings, trying to absorb this new reality of divine presence, leading them towards a new life with a new understanding of power and divinity and grace and community. And then the religious people grumble. They grumble in the same way that religious people grumbled in the wilderness behind Moses. They grumble, but they do not demonstrate faith, nor do they demonstrate a clear vision of reality. They fight against reality because it doesn't fit the narrative that they had crafted internally. With God standing directly in front of them, just after feeding people in the wilderness, walking over waters, healing people, reintroducing outcasts to their communities, they can only see the carpenter's son. Their assumptions, their stories, their biases, all kept them from acknowledging the truth of their circumstances. And more than that, they were unable to trust with faith that their particular circumstances could be made any better. One of the commentaries I read this week said the lesson more bluntly than I would, said this, stop complaining because it is preventing you from witnessing the gospel. 
The people witnessed a miraculous meal and still they found something to complain about. Now, there's a lot to complain about. Not complaining isn't really the lesson that I think we're supposed to learn here. But there is something about complaining, or to use scripture's word, grumbling, that isn't always rooted in the truth. Sometimes, not all of the time, we can catastrophize situations to make them more dire than they may actually be. And sometimes, on the other hand, we can diminish new information that might help us to grow. This isn't always easy to do, finding a balance. In fact, I would say it's nearly impossible to get out of these habits of over and under inflating reality on our own. We need support. We need community. Sometimes we need a good therapist. And we certainly need a community of faith, a church. At the end of the day, this all comes down to our mental health. In a season that is incredibly stressful and has been incredibly stressful for 17 months, it is really difficult to stay rooted in reality and in faithfulness. It is really easy to overinflate or diminish aspects of our lives in such a way that we fail to see what is really happening around us. And it is incredibly easy to let those narratives, whether they be optimistic or pessimistic or just unrealistic in general, it's easy to let those narratives steal our faith from us. The religious folks in Capernaum could not see God because their narrative wouldn't let them see beyond their bias. They missed the good news because their story was smaller than reality. Nadia Boltzweber, who's another great author, articulates the challenge that we have before us way better than I ever could. She uses some language which I edited out, but what she said was, so yeah, we can grieve this. We can lament, we can fight, we can struggle, we can register our complaints, but let it all be based in a relationship with actual reality. Because actual reality is also the only place where actual joy is to be found. If joy is delayed until a preferred future comes about, we set ourselves up for despair, but there is hope in this day, joy in this reality, this life, this body, this heart. If there is hope in these things, we can certainly prevail. We can, we will. We are. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.